Welcome to the PITC UK podcast with your host, Daryl Ferns, and her partner in true crime, Tom Ferns. The latest episode of the PITC UK podcast has some topics that some people may find distressing or upsetting. Hello everyone and welcome to part two of episode four of the PITC UK podcast. So in the last episode, um, which I'd advise you to go and listen to, otherwise this next part isn't going to make a lot of sense, um, we were discussing the mysterious death around uh, Lauren Agee. Um, So Daryl, do you want to fill us into where we're up to so far? So Lauren Agee was a 21-year-old who went to Wakefest, which is a wakeboarding festival in Tennessee, uh, with a group of friends. Okay. She uh, unfortunately died that weekend from what police believe was a, a cliff jumping accident or, you know, a fall from a cliff. Um, but there were a lot of inconsistencies with this theory and we were sort of diving into, um, you know, what could have happened to her that, you know, would might, might be foul play, might not be. Um, we were just discussing... The general sort of environment she was in and who yeah. she was with and, and you know how the uh she was the injuries seemed a little bit off the place where her body found seemed a little bit off she was found inside a cove that you know she wouldn't have fallen that way if you know you believe the theory that police have um you know she the the we were discussing there the, the shoddy police work and you know, the fact that she... Uh, there was no rape kit no done. No rape kit, even though, you know, she had a bite mark on her breast and, and that kind of and thing. And all the bruising consistent with with um, a sexual assault. Uh-huh. And, like, injuries consistent with sexual assault. Scrapes, scratches, bruises. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, and we were just... At the... Well, my theory was yeah. that, that it was a sexual assault that got a little bit... Went a little bit too far, um... And that would be consistent with the injuries that she had to the back of her head and her legs and her fingers. Um, and again, just a theory at this point, but um, I think what, where are we moving on to now? What's oh, we're the moving what's on to the suspects. Which is the usually <laughs> the juicy part of I, any I, I, any it's, case. It's perfect actually because if you've forgotten, uh, you know the 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 people in this story you're um, probably going to need a pen and a piece of paper to keep up with these yeah, these people that are I, in this I had yeah. my notes app up and I still got confused yeah but, <laughs> so you know basically Sherry who is uh, Lauren's mum yep um suspects the group of three people that she was camping with that weekend uh, and their names were again Hannah Palmer which yep. is Lauren's friend yep Aaron Lilly, which was, was Hannah's boyfriend. Hannah's boyfriend, yeah. And Chris Stelt, who was uh, Aaron's best friend. And that, that was one thing that I didn't mention in the last one that I think is quite important and does need to be picked up in this episode is, you know, she's a young girl. Her friend or close friend of, was it 11 years, mm-hmm. had gone there with her boyfriend and then her boyfriend's friend was also invited and it could have been innocent, it could have been nothing. But for me, 
if you were invited on a weekend away with two friends who were a couple and they invited their single friend, that would make me concerned. Yeah. As your partner. So, you know, not to say that that anything would happen, but, you know, it's still put... Not to say that you wouldn't try anything, but for him... Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, I'd probably feel the same as well. It's yeah. sort of like a, 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 couple's, a couple's retreat. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> or like a double date sort of thing. Yes. Like that's yeah, what... yeah, for a whole weekend, sharing a hammock together and stuff. And, you know, it's fair enough the first night that there were other people staying yeah. at the campsite. Yeah. But then, you know, for the four of them to be staying there, it does sort of seem like... Aaron could have potentially misled Chris into thinking yes. that, you know, he was bringing a friend for her. Yeah. Um, and that sort of ties into what I was saying again in the last episode is that what's not to say that, you know, he's made a pass at Lauren. Mm-hmm. She's turned him down. Exactly. That's made him upset. And, you know, that could that lead into that's that. That's a really strong theory, actually. Yeah, 100%. Um, because it's happened thousands of times in cases before. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, Lauren was questioned while she was at Fish Lips one night, which is the bar um, at the marina. And I think it was Cassie that said, like, you know, what's the deal with you and Chris? And she's all like, no, whoa, nothing's going on. You know, I've got a boyfriend. I'm just here as uh, Hannah's wingman. So I think that they sort of asked... Lauren along to join them so that you know Chris wasn't third wheeling. Yeah, that makes sense, and that's innocent enough. Yeah, um, but again, I wouldn't feel comfortable going somewhere that was my best friend, her boyfriend, and then his friend. Just a single. Because, like, in my mind, you know, he probably is expecting something. Well, that's it. Where you think, you know, there's alcohol involved. She's a pretty girl, mm-hmm. you know, as you described her in the first She's episode. Gorgeous. So, when alcohol, potential drugs at a festival, yeah, when that mixes and being alone in that environment, that may have triggered something to happen in that way. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, obviously I'm not saying that this is truth, but, you know, young guy. And like we said in the first episode, you know, the allegedly shared a hammock yeah there's nothing which, which is close but you know that's again, closer than sleeping in a like, bed hell no yeah yeah if you were sharing a hammock with another girl yeah absolutely not yeah, yeah. no i can imagine was it a chase was a is that was that her boyfriend's name was it or what was his what was the boyfriend's name well i can't imagine that he would have been best pleased it was Chase. It was Chase. Um, You know, I can't imagine that had he known um, that that was taking place, I can't imagine he would have been very happy. Exactly, and this is why people think that, you know, um, she either didn't know that Chris was going to be there or she told them, you know, that it was just going to be her and Hannah, even if she did know Chris was going to be there just so that, you know, she wouldn't worry a boyfriend. Because yeah, that would just open a whole new kind of worms. Like, yeah. Hey, I'm uh, I'm going to a festival with this guy. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, that wouldn't so, have been an easy conversation. Whether she knew or not. Yeah, it could have been innocent. It yeah. Could have been innocent. She might have known and hid it from a boyfriend. She might have not known, and you know, 
Yeah, it'd be innocent. Going back to what we were saying in the last episode about like how it seemed on the Saturday night that she really didn't want to go back to the cliff. Yes. Could that have been maybe because Chris had made a pass? Yeah. And she felt uncomfortable being with him. Yeah. But again, that would that answer you know the selfie thing? Um. So in between the last episode and this episode, I've had a look at this picture. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very light it's obvious that it's in the day it's you can't yeah it's it's in the middle of the day there's no dispute in that um but again you know if she had hid it from a boyfriend would you take selfie pictures in a hammock with another boy i mean you know they they were like fully clothed in this hammock yeah of course she's not lying down with him in the hammock she could have just sat sat, in the hammock yeah yeah. you know um took a selfie with him innocently yeah, yeah of course which you know of course. It's, if you're in a group not, of friends it's yeah. not illegal to no, it's do not, it doesn't mean not. that you're cheating on somebody no, because you're taking not. a selfie with someone that you're hanging out with no of course um, not and also I don't think we've mentioned but she didn't know Chris prior to this okay so it, it yeah, wasn't yeah. a friend of hers she yeah. knew that they, they met for the first time on Friday right okay yeah yeah that's fine so not that that really links into anything that we were talking about yeah, but I just that's thought fine. I'd mention it was that they were strangers prior to this okay so, yeah 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 so, let's get back into it. A right, okay. So, Sherry hired PI Sheila Wysocki, who I've spoke about a few times, who uh, has the podcast. The podcast, yeah. Which uh, she's done. She's done a few mysterious cases. This Sheila, she works. She's worked on a few, and one of them that I want to do, hopefully in the near future, on a podcast ourselves. Um. And she hired her to help uncover the truth. Um, and she's worked incredibly hard to gather witnesses to be interviewed for a podcast. Um, right. Because, you know, they didn't really get interviewed by police. Like, none of yeah, those of witnesses. So, yeah, yeah. obviously, Sheila's going to want to talk to them. And mm-hmm. they, they, they were on the podcast that I listened to. Um, and she goes into a lot of depth and detail on, on the podcast and goes into sort of every episode on her podcast and I feel like we're just promoting another podcast and yeah. <laughs> to this, but she deserves the credit because she she worked really she's done her work yeah. yeah yeah and every episode is going in in depth on a specific person right um and in one episode she interviews Warren's friend um and Aaron's ex-girlfriend Cassie. So do you remember Cassie yes. from yeah, yeah. the previous one? She got yeah. into the fight, fight with, with Hannah. Hannah. She drove left. off, came yeah. back. And, yeah. Um, during her interview, Cassie revealed that she was in fact in an abusive relationship with Aaron some years prior towards the end of their romance. She even had a restraining, a restraining order filed against him after he allegedly choked her and bit her during an altercation. Be interested to find out where that bite mark was. Yep. I'm I'm actually not sure where it was, but she she did have photographic evidence of her injuries. Okay. And she took them to police and subsequently Aaron was arrested with charges of domestic violence. Okay. Um and though Cassie and Aaron's relationship was clearly toxic, uh it didn't stop her from pursuing him further, obviously. No, of course. Yeah. And that's when they began secretly dating again, despite the no contact order. Yeah. Um and that's it's quite I'm... common, that isn't it? it? It's you know in an abusive relationship. She, she says it perfectly herself in the interview. She says, you know, I kept going back to him because I was a victim, and she, that that is the perfect way to put it. Like mm-hmm. 
you know, victims and then the predators. They're drawn. They know exactly yeah. how to get that victim back in. Yeah, no, I agree. Exactly what buttons to press, yes. what to say, what to Emotional do. Emotional manipulation, you know, she, all that she, sort of she stuff. She was yeah. saying that, like, um, when Aaron was was drunk and he'd black out and then the next day he'd have no knowledge of his behaviour at all, um, which I think is important to, to know about you know, oh, yeah. his his personality yeah. and the way that he handles his alcohol. Yes. Um. She said that, like, going back to the emotional manipulation, she said one time, you know, he was hitting her and, you know, abusing her. And then the next day, you know, she told him what happened and he treated her like a princess yes. for a few weeks. It happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was another time um, he attacked her and threw her phone against the wall. And when she told him about it the next day, he had no idea that he'd done it. No yeah. idea that you've done it. Okay. So he sounds like a bit of a piece of shit. I'm yeah. sorry. Definite piece of work, yeah. Because anybody who... Anybody who lays a finger on a woman is a coward. On anyone. Yeah. You just don't hit anyone yeah. that you're supposed to be in love with. Yes. And you don't manipulate them. And... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She went back to him, which is, you know, that, that that's... It happens. That it happens. Um. I just wonder what's so special about this guy that, like, women are fighting over him. Well, again, it, it's well that shows you know as we stated in the last episode, he was he stood back and watched this fight happen because he knows he's in control of that situation and it's all about him. And again, it's narcissistic behaviour to the level that you know he doesn't have to beat them up so and because they, they'll beat each other up for him, you know. So <laughs> that's narcissism. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, it, 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 I find it. One of the most repulsive things in the world. He just seems like an actual Asshole. horrible yeah. piece of poop. Yes. Cassie said that you know during the initial investigation with the actual police on the case, mm-hmm. um, that she tried to tell them about Aaron's violent past, and you know she'd even pulled out pictures and showed them her injuries. Yeah. From Aaron, and they weren't interested. They basically were just like. He's not a suspect, so, you know. Again, another fantastic piece of police work there. Yeah. Yeah. It also seems as well from the Without Warning podcast that the way that Aaron and Chris were were talking, and even some of the other, you know, friends um, that aren't as central in this story, seemed to be trying to pin the death on Clint which right, is her ex-boyfriend. her ex-boyfriend yeah okay so the whole time that she was there on Saturday allegedly she was you know I want to go see Clint like whatever um which is shady behavior in which, itself which is yeah. shady behavior but did she say this, or are people saying this that she was saying this about Clint to, to, to pin it on? Yeah, yeah, say, yeah. Like, she like even Hannah said, you know, well, you know, she was saying that she wanted to go and see Clint, so maybe that's where she went when she disappeared from the cliff. That's it. She could be protecting. Oh yeah. Her boyfriend. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, the the way I see it as well is that the text message is there when she texts. Um, Jade. No. Was it no? She texts. I can't remember his name again because there's oh. lots of names to sleep in the RV. Oh, 
but Clint was there. Okay, yeah. So, uh, that wasn't a text. Okay. So, didn't, I mustn't have explained that clearer before. Okay. Uh, Evan, he was at Wakefest as well. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> she's... All right, well, then, even still, the conversation is there. And I suppose with the conversation, it does sort of... What I was thinking, it, it can sort of drop that a little bit. But I'll, I'll say it anyway. So... You know, if she's had this conversation with this Evan saying, can I stay in your RV? He said, no, you know, it, it's Clint's going to be there with his his new girlfriend. It'll be awkward. And she's gone, yeah, no, that that's understandable. That's not a problem at all. That's just the, you know, you take that at face value and go, yeah, that's, that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So why would she continue to pursue seeing this Clint? Yeah. You know, when she knows full well that he's with his new girlfriend and bearing in mind that she's just seen a fist fight with two girls over a boy <laughs> you know unless she wanted to you know and again replicate uh, that. The, um, Samantha said that she got into a little bit of an altercation with uh, Callie yeah Clint's girlfriend yeah uh, which no one else saw yeah so I, I don't know it's all it's just so muddy and a bit of a mess but also I just want to go back to Evan he was staying um, in an RV. Yep. And he was actually at Fish Lips with his mum. So right. his mum was like this cool yeah, party cool mum that yeah. travelled everywhere. I just see I just see the mean girl's mum now. <laughs> with the camera in her <laughs> yeah. hand dancing away. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and Evan and his mum uh, are interviewed by Sheila on the podcast as well. And um, he's got nothing to gain from lying. You know, no, of he's course. just so impartial in this That's whole it. thing. So, That's it. Um you know, I I feel like as somebody on the outside that I trust him more than anyone else. Yes. And yeah, the yeah. fact that he's with his mum, I just think sweet. I hope that's me. <laughs> fair, I, I'd go to a festival with my mum. I would. Would you? Yeah. That was cute. Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, for reference as well, uh, Evan is Clint's cousin. Right. So okay. That's why they were staying together. Makes sense. Abbey. Yeah, makes sense. So. In the aftermath, basically, uh, Lauren's mother, Sherry, filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the friends, but it was later dropped. During this time, though, a new witness called Chris Brown (laughs) (laughs) came forward with information. He explained that on the night of Lauren's death, he was, quote, shocked to see a white male swimming towards the dock. He claimed that the young man appeared extremely distraught and worn out and was spitting up water for several minutes. He said that the young man told us that he'd almost drowned when he swam from the area of the bluff to the marina dock. Brown believes that the person he saw that night was Aaron Lilly. Okay. Chris Brown called the sheriff's office to report what he'd seen, uh, but said that they advised him that if it became of interest, they'd contact him back. Yeah, and it, he was never contacted again. That's very strange. The thing is, and I feel like with eyewitnesses, is that, you know, it, it's not credible. No, it's not always, con- it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not, not... You can't yeah. prove that that happened. Of course not. But what does somebody like Chris Brown, who, again, is impartial, he's got, you know, no reason to want to sway the investigation one way or the other no of course not what reason would he have to lie to police again he's he's completely impartial he doesn't know anyone he doesn't gain anything from anyone um so why would he make that up exactly makes no sense that was never looked into um 
which is just ridiculous. Also, I feel like, you know, even if uh, Aaron was just going for a swim that night, yeah, it, it's around the same time that he told police that he was either on his way back to the camp or asleep. Yeah. yeah. So, very, very suspicious. Either way, he's lying. Yeah, yeah. About something. And... Yeah, there's yeah. Some, something not, not right there, but yeah. In 2017, Sheila Isaki stated to Fox 17 that the only person who can open the case up is District Attorney Brian Dunaway. Uh, he's the only one that has authority to bring in a new independent investigation, uh, but he hasn't returned the family's calls. That's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking uh, because this family have done nothing wrong yeah it the it's again there's there's enough for me there based on the lack of investigation the evidence that the pi has put together with the dummies being thrown off the side and all that sort of stuff and again you know strange things happen you know, human bodies react differently than dummies. You know, as I say, she may have landed on a ledge, come to, and fell off that ledge. Mm-hmm. You don't know. The you thing know, is and it's... as well is that you've got to take into account like different fa- factors, yeah. like the wind, weather, yeah, yeah, rain, whatever it might you be. Know, yeah, it's rocks fall. But again, obviously, that it says it was undisturbed and stuff. But it's yeah, that there is a there's a hundred million different factors that could you know play into this. Um, so you can't you can't take that dummy as like a hundred percent. of course not. Factual evidence that that didn't happen. Of course not. But the odds are against it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, we'll. I, I'm sure. Given the right circumstances, and if the evidence was given right, the DA would have to look at it. Um, as I say, I like to think that the theory I gave makes a lot of sense. I think it's bang on. It makes a lot of sense, and I'm not saying it's true, but it's a possibility, and it's a strong possibility that all of those things could happen. Um, but you know, I, I do think there is enough there for the case to be reopened. Me too. And again, the thing is, like, whether you agree or disagree that there was some sort of foul play involved, you cannot argue that the police investigated it thoroughly enough. It was shit. Yeah. It was shit. There was... No, what, like, whether, like, I came into this and I didn't know. I didn't know what I thought happened. And then I read more into it. And as I was reading it in some accounts, I was like, absolutely not. She fell, case closed. Yeah. And then as I dug more into it, I'm sort of leaning more towards the other side now. Yeah. But even when I was on the side of she fell, there wasn't enough evidence to just completely dismiss foul play. No. So, like, if you're trying to prove that something was foul play, you need evidence to be able to to prove that. Yes. It should be the same when you're trying to prove that something's an accident. You should be able to put the evidence there to prove that. Yeah, and there isn't enough. No. 
There isn't there enough. There isn't. And that's the thing. There's, there's too many variables and too much sort of questions unanswered for me for it to say, yes, you fell. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm trying to say is that, like, regardless of what side you're on, it needs investigating properly. 100%. And even if the outcome is, I'm so sorry, your daughter fell. Yeah. That's it. Then fine. I'm sure the family would have closure from that. Yeah. But to know that they didn't even bother. That's that's the thing for me is that every time someone's gone to the police with something new, they've just gone, oh, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Case is closed. Yeah, we'll come to it if like we need to. But yeah. like that evidence could be the gateway. To other yeah, to to so, major major you know, discoveries. It just pisses me off like why why go into the police if you're just going to be a dick and not care about and not people. care about people exactly and care about these especially such a severe case like this mm-hmm. you know um but it... those two undercover off-duty police officers mm-hmm. from the beginning yarchuk and uh, ryan they sound like they've done more for it than any and of they the, were the just, police officers they were just actual like Events Regular, security, really, yeah. well, police officers when yeah, yeah. they when they you know were at the day job, they weren't even investigators, and even they knew that like the crime scene should have been preserved and yeah. evidence should have been collected and blah 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 blah. And then these investigators, whose job it is to investigate, yeah, are just like, nah. We'll get to it. So yeah, you know, it, this theories that the police. If, for some reason, wanted to help cover up a death. Um, but I think the most likely thing... It's or, lazy police work. It's, it's lazy police work, but also that this part of Tennessee where this wake fest happens every year brings in a lot of tourists, a lot of... Makes sense. Uh, ...income. Yes. For Makes sense. the county. Yeah. And they don't want to tarnish that with... Of course, you know, with a murder. murder. Yeah, no, and I completely understand that. And that is the most logical explanation. Yeah. Um, I was thinking it myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that is probably the most logical reason why the police have not gone further into it. They're just like, you know, we this girl was This drunk, could destroy this festival. Bad, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's basically it. Uh, not long after Lauren's death, Aaron and Hannah moved to South Florida. Anna and Hannah? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron and Hannah moved to South Florida. Yeah. Uh, got married and now have a child together. Uh, it's reported that after getting into a motorcycle accident, Aaron is now paralysed. Wow. I couldn't. I was searching for ages trying to find backup to for that, but yeah. I couldn't find anything. But a lot of people that like know him were putting on message boards and things that he was. He was paralysed after a motorcycle accident. Which. It's sad, but you know, <laughs> if you're gonna beat women up and attack yeah. them and yeah. be an abusive piece of shit yeah. towards someone that you're supposed to love, then I'm sorry if it's horrible to say, but like, yeah, you know, great, things it? come around. Yeah, that's it. Anything on Chris? Yeah, as of 2017, he was in jail uh, after <laughs> pleading guilty to his third DUI. Ah. Yeah, that may be karma for raping and murdering, maybe. Potentially, who knows? Um, is there DUI? You think you'd learn after like the first, maybe like the second? Yeah, some no. people don't know, do they? I'm just gonna keep doing it. 
Okay, so I hope you've enjoyed part one and two of this case. Uh, we will be producing more content over the next couple of weeks. Um, please give us a follow on both Twitter and Instagram at PITC UK. We'll see you on the next one.